This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to the Wealth with VT podcast. Learn to protect and grow your wealth in this monthly podcast series by the Business Times, hosted by VT Wealth Editor Genevieve Kwa. This episode is brought to you by Prudential. Hi there. In my previous podcast, we talked about the urgency of climate change and how you, as an investor, can help to make a difference, even in a small way. In this episode, I'll discuss the various approaches or strategies that today fall under the sustainable label. A couple of things will become clear. One, no two so-called sustainable funds are alike. And two, it really isn't easy for investors like you and me to look beyond the label. But first things first, why should you invest sustainably? The global COP26 conference in Glasgow has just recently wrapped up, and daily headlines make it clear that the climate crisis needs a concerted effort by countries and by all of our individual actions. The gravity of the crisis is such that countries are asked to further update their net zero targets for COP27 next year. Net zero means that the amount of carbon emitted into the atmosphere is to be in balance with the amount of carbon removed from the atmosphere. Among corporates, Prudential has committed to become a net zero asset owner by 2050. You'll hear more about what this means in a few minutes. One way you and I as individuals can help the climate crisis is by investing sustainably. Today you read and hear of ESG. These are the environmental, social, and governance factors reflected in a company's business, dealings, and behavior. ESG is the lens by which sustainable assets today are invested in varying degrees. So apart from helping to address the environmental crisis and social and governance issues, there are two other reasons to invest sustainably. Let's look at the first reason. A careful analysis of ESG factors will help you as an investor to anticipate and mitigate risks that could cause losses to your portfolio. These risks include regulatory action or even lawsuits. Fossil fuel companies, for example, may hold assets like coal mines that they are unable to develop. These may need to be written down in their accounts. The second reason to invest sustainably, well, investors are also keen to invest in line with their values. Sustainable investments are an avenue by which they can do so. What are the various investment approaches that can be classified as sustainable? I've compiled a list, which is a combination of a study by the OECD and the approaches as listed by the Global Sustainable Investment Alliance. The GSIA compiles data on sustainable investments. Note that the approaches here are not mutually exclusive. A fund may apply two or more approaches simultaneously. The first and common approach is negative screening or exclusions. This means the fund avoids investing in specific sectors like weapons or casinos. In acknowledgement of the climate crisis, more funds now avoid investing in companies that derive a certain proportion of their revenues from coal. Prudential 
as part of its net zero commitment, has pledged to reduce the carbon emissions of all policyholder and shareholder assets by 2025. More immediately, it will divest from businesses which derive more than 30% of their income from coal. Equities by the end of 2021 and fixed income by the end of 2022. We asked L. Lin Yeo, Prudential's head of ESG, to tell us more about what Prudential's net zero target means. Climate change is the single biggest crisis humanity is facing right now. And if we've not heard enough from the recent COP26, investing sustainably is the only way forward in tackling not just the climate crisis, but broader societal issues. As a huge allocator of capital in financial markets, our commitment to responsible investment encompasses our role as an asset manager and asset owner. In this capacity, we play an important role in the transition to a low-carbon economy. Investing sustainably for companies is about doing the right thing. Gone are the days where financial returns take center stage at the expense of social and environmental costs. Today, we need to provide options to investors who want sustainable solutions that reflect their values, that make contribution to the things they consider important, and that do no harm. As part of our approach to investing sustainably, we are decarbonizing our investment portfolio and actively engaging with policymakers and investee businesses to encourage sustainable development. As we support the move to a lower carbon economy in these emerging markets, we strive to ensure that the transition is an inclusive one for all of society, one that supports sustainable growth and economic health within our markets and communities. That's L. Lin Yeo, Prudential's head of ESG. If you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to Wealth with BT on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Like us and give us a rating. And now back to Wealth with BT and how your investments can make a positive difference to climate change with your host, Genevieve Kwa. This episode is brought to you by Prudential. We've mentioned the first and most common approach of exclusions. The second approach is the opposite, a positive screen where stocks are picked because they comply with international norms, such as those set by the UN. Included here are funds invested in the best-in-class approach, which picks stocks with the highest ESG scores or performance compared to others in their industry or sector. Third is portfolio tilting, where the portfolio is tilted or weighted towards stocks with higher ESG ratings or away from those with the lowest ratings. The fourth is thematic ESG, where the fund invests in trends or themes that are expected to drive markets and returns in the medium to long term. Climate change is often named as an investment megatrend, so you'll find a wealth of examples of themes like clean energy, sustainable agriculture, or climate change itself. What you will need to keep in mind about thematic funds is that they tend to be very focused or concentrated and therefore are considered higher risk. Such a portfolio may have up to 40 or 50 stocks. Although within a specific theme, a manager will try to invest in related upstream and downstream companies. Fifth is impact investments. This approach takes sustainable investing further 
because it aims to achieve a clearly defined environmental or social impact. As you can see, this goes well beyond ESG. There are a number of criteria. For example, the company must show intentionality. That is, the impact it aims for must form the core of its activities and not a side benefit. The impact must be measurable and regularly reported on. Most impact funds use the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to frame their impact objectives. Typically, impact investments are private market in nature. That is, the portfolio invests in unlisted businesses. And so, a fund may not be open to retail investors because unlisted companies are illiquid and harder to value. But of late, there are impact funds that invest in publicly listed stocks with daily liquidity. These funds are open for retail investment, and they publish an annual impact report to tell you their major impact milestones, like the provision of education or dental or medical services for so many people. The sixth approach is ESG integration. This is where ESG factors are explicitly included in portfolio analysis and the selection of securities. I believe this approach will eventually become the standard approach for major fund houses because it means that they do not just pay lip service to an ESG label or consider ESG superficially. They actually weave it into their portfolio discipline. According to the GSIA, ESG integration has grown to become the largest segment of sustainable investments in 2020, followed by negative screening. The seventh approach is engagement and shareholder action. This uses shareholder power to influence companies to become more sustainable rather than just sell a stock outright. You'll find that fund managers who seriously pursue ESG integration will devote resources to engagement using avenues like exercising their proxy vote in favor of ESG resolutions and communicating with companies directly. Engagement can be a rich source of returns for fund managers because it seeks to turn around the ESG laggards, but it takes patience and resources to do this effectively. I've talked earlier about Prudential's net zero commitment. Prudential has set itself a number of goals towards net zero and transparency. For example, it aims to measure and report its carbon footprint. It also aims to engage more with investee companies and to provide ESG ratings for its investment-linked policy sub-funds. We asked L to tell us how Prudential is working with its asset management arm, eSpring. We are guided by our responsible investment policy, which sets out principles regarding our approach to responsible investment. We work closely with eSpring, our Asian asset management arm, as well as other external managers to bring this to life. Some of the principles include taking into consideration ESG factors that have the potential to have a material financial impact. We require active investment managers to engage with and influence investee companies on business sustainability and company behavior where appropriate. 
We believe that active engagement is critical in the net zero transition, which is why we have also committed to engaging with the companies who are responsible for 65% of the carbon emissions in our portfolio. We also track and monitor the carbon intensity of our investment portfolio against our decarbonization goals, utilizing specialist third-party data to help inform investment decisions. Prudential recently found in a survey of customers that people want to invest in products that support green initiatives and give a good return. L, the question of a sacrifice in return may sometimes come up. What are your thoughts on this? What can investors expect in terms of risk and return when they invest sustainably? Investors and customers who are keen on investing sustainably can start by identifying their values. When integrating ESG considerations, evaluate which ESG factors resonate most with you based on your values and what you believe in. There are many areas and options for investors to consider, whether it is advancing climate action, supporting health and financial inclusion, empowering women, or protecting food security. One thing we've learned from the pandemic is that some ESG funds have performed better over the long term. Many companies now seek to embody ESG principles and customers no longer need to assume that sustainable investing sacrifices performance or that it is just a niche strategy. In fact, integrating ESG considerations in itself can be a unique driver of returns. Investors and customers need to first understand that it is not so much a trade-off between returns and doing good. You can have both. With any investments, there are risks to varying degrees, and it comes down to the customer's risk appetite, investment objectives, and time horizon. That's L. Lin Yu, Prudential's Head of ESG. That's it for now. I hope this has helped you to think about how you might want to invest sustainably. I'm certain that in a matter of time, your fund choices and your portfolio will become much more transparent in their ESG ratings and carbon footprint. Thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you by Prudential. Join us again for the Wealth with BT podcast on the fourth Monday of every month with your host, Genevieve Kwa. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.